Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And for once, oh my goodness, for once, it's been since week one, but here we are on a victory Monday. The Pittsburgh Steelers were finally victorious again after a three-game skid. They beat the Denver Broncos at home to avoid... The first time they would ever, if they would have lost the game against the Broncos, they would have been the first time they've lost three straight at home since 1986. So they avoid that dubious honor and they win 27 to 19. Now, not everything was perfect. A lot of this game went well for the Steelers, obviously, but a lot didn't go right as well. There was a lot of issues or a lot of question marks surrounding this game. Nonetheless, they found a way to win. And there's a lot of Steeler fans out there that are probably wondering, what does this exactly mean? What is it? Where's the team headed? In what direction? And you know, honestly, we said this a lot on the Steelers preview this past uh, Thursday. Is you just have to take this one game at a time. When you start the year one and three. You just have to take it one game at a time. Don't look too far ahead. Don't look at the next opponent or the week after. And it's one of those situations where even for the Steelers, when you think about it, even for the Steelers, when they are looking at, here we go, they're 2-3 and now. It's easy to look at the Seattle Seahawks. They're not going to have Russell Wilson and think, oh, yeah, they're going to be 3-3 and going into the bye week. That would be great. But at the same time, a lot can change in just one week, as we've seen. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I want to remind you that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you're checking that for everything from film room podcasts, or film rooms, (laughs) I said podcasts, film room articles, the latest breaking news, commentary, you name it, we all have it right there in one location, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do, especially if you are on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. All these podcasts, you want to get them directly to your phone. It'll download automatically, and that way you're not going to miss anything. You'll stay on top of it. So make sure you do that wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, follow, so you don't miss a thing. All right, let's get to it. Steelers Broncos. There was a lot to like about this game. There was a lot to like about this game. But And, and, and you know what, fans? When you're listening to this on Monday on your way to work or wherever you're listening, don't look now. But some serious strides are being made by this Steelers offense. I hope that you see it. I hope that you're not so jaded by the way that this unit has played the past two to three weeks. Maybe some would even include part of week one in Buffalo, even though they won that football game. I hope you're not so jaded that you're not able to see what's happening with this Steelers offense. They are making some serious strides. This wasn't week one, folks. This was not week one in Buffalo where they needed a special teams touchdown when Miles Killebrew blocked the punt and UG3 scooped and scored. They didn't need that. They didn't even need an elite defensive effort. They had a great defensive effort in week five, but they didn't need an elite defensive effort to win this game. Now, this was not that same offense. This was not that same offense. If you think it was... I feel like we're we're not watching the same game. Now, you might also sit there and say, Jeff, you were bad-mouthing this offense up and down the last two weeks, and rightfully so. you got to understand, I'm not talking about when I say something like Ben Roethlisberger was on the loser's list last week, which he was, 
It doesn't mean he's stuck there forever. Improvements can be made. Strides can be made, and that's what's happening on offense. Ben looks better. He does. He looks more comfortable. He looks more confident. He looks more trusting in the offensive line. The running game looks better. I On Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I felt like I tweeted this out 15,000 times on Sunday. Najee Harris gains five. Najee Harris gains six. Najee Harris gains seven. Najee Harris gains four. It, it literally was never the, you know, Najee Harris breaks three tackles just to get back to the line of scrimmage. Najee Harris has to evade five defenders before gaining one. It was none of that. The running game looks better. They look more cohesive. They're gelling. This is exactly what we were hoping to see. And it kind of validates Mike Tomlin a little bit. Mike Tomlin was the one after the game last Sunday in Green Bay where the Steelers only rushed for, I think, 62 yards. He said, I saw some serious strides out there. And this is what he was talking about. But the running game looks better. Ben looks better. And you know why? The offensive line looks better. And they are the magic elixir, in my opinion. They are the magic elixir. And so fans might be, well, what changed? I don't know what changed. What changed is that the offensive line started to get their heads out of their rear ends, as my dad used to say it. He would not say rear ends. He used to say, these guys need to get their heads out of their, you know what. That's what changed. The offensive line is starting to kind of, they're starting to come together. And when you listen to the postgame press conferences, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, uh, around the locker room, they talked with Trey Turner and Kendrick Green, and listening to Najee Harris, who, might, by the way, might be the most honest NFL player in the league right now when it comes to answering questions, he said, look, he's, they're starting to get better. They're starting to trust each other. They're starting to figure things out. It's like Trey Turner said after the game, I can't play right tackle and center. I can only play right guard. It's almost as if they said, you've got to do it. We've got to do it together, but we have to just take care of our own jobs. And that's what's changed. The offensive line is the one thing that is keeping this whole wheel spinning. The Steelers, Ben looks better because of the line. The running game looks better because of the line. It's the offensive line that has changed this offense in what seems like just one or two weeks. Can they keep going on this trajectory? Maybe. Zach Banner, it's likely he's going to be taken off injured reserve this week leading into the Seattle game. Then you have a whole other bag of worms of, well, what does the offensive line look like when he returns? Is Zach Banner going to be the starting right tackle? Is Chooks for going to swing tackle? Is Chooks for going to left tackle? What's happening? Is Dan Moore staying? They have some questions to answer when, if and when Zach Banner returns. But until then, I like what I'm seeing from this offensive line. It makes the whole unit function. They're the linchpin. There have been some players and there have been some times where Ben Roethlisberger and other players have been able to overcome a poor offensive line. Clearly, this is not one of those. Najee Harris, he can. And we've seen him do some really crazy stuff just to gain two yards. But at the same time, Roethlisberger's not that quarterback anymore. We saw that the last three weeks. Give him time. Give him protection. He can still make plays. It might not be as clean as it used to be, but he can still make plays. And on the defensive side of the ball, they need to get some key players back. You look at Cam Sutton and Mike Tomlin again after the game said you know they were trying to take what Cam Sutton does on a week-to-week basis and spread it out amongst several players. The reason is that he does a lot. Cam Sutton does a heck of a lot. 
So when you think about getting someone like him back, and, and unfortunately, another groin injury to Devin Bush, you don't know how long he's going to be out. Is he going to miss a game? Are they going to sit him against Seattle and then give him the bye week, and then hopefully he can return after the bye? I'm not sure. But still, they need to get some players back, and some need to step up. Some need to step up. It's rare. It is rare that you will hear me on this podcast, any of my podcasts, call out a defensive player. Why? Their defense is legit. They are elite. They are good. They are great. They are wonderful. Whatever you want to use to term the defense, they are that. But there's one player. I, I constantly am saying, where is this guy? Where's Alex Highsmith? That's what I want to know. Where's Alex Highsmith? Uh, it's it's a situation where you know, T.J. Watt's getting double teamed. That's something Watt talked about after the game. He's getting chipped. He's getting double teamed. That should leave the opposite pass rusher on an island, a one-on-one. And, you know, if I'm going to talk about Highsmith, because Highsmith hasn't registered a sack, and I don't believe he's even registered a quarterback hit yet. Think about that. Everyone thought this was the year that Highsmith was going to break out. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will, but it hasn't happened yet. And with Ingram, it's the same. He's only registered, I believe, one sack. Now, he's been around the quarterback more. But my goodness, when all three of those players are out there, and I'm talking Ingram, Highsmith, and Watt, it has to be better. It has to be better. When the Steelers registered two sacks of Teddy Bridgewater, one of them was from Henry Mondo, which good for that guy, and the second one was a blitz up the middle by Devin Bush. No edge rushers get a sack. Cam Hayward's not getting a sack. Come on now. Like this, this is what the Steelers pride themselves on are getting, is getting to the quarterback, and they need to do it better. And I want to know, where is Alex Highsmith? Show up, man. Get back in the backfield. Just harass the quarterback. I don't need sacks all the time. Fans, we all don't need the sacks all the time. Get to the quarterback, hurried throws, rushing and hitting the passer. And my goodness, when will the big play stop? You know, this is something I said to uh, Brian Anthony Davis in the postgame podcast. When will the big plays stop? That's what I want to know. For the defensive side of the football, what's it going to take? You think back to week two, Las Vegas Raiders in Pittsburgh, Henry Ruggs III, back-breaking play. It was really the game-clinching play. Then you think to the, the Bengals game, Jamar Chase, I think that's his name, the rookie, big play, game-changing, game-clinching play. And then you think last week against Green Bay, Randall Cobb just torturing this defense on third down and scoring two touchdowns at that. And then even on Sunday, Cortland Sutton goes off for 120, and James Pierre gets burned down the sideline. When will the big play stop? Mike Tomlin has talked about it. Keith Butler has talked. Everyone's talking. Everyone's talking. We got to keep players in front of us. My goodness, they can't make it more simple than that. You got to keep the player in front of you. But you know what? I think they'll be fine. I think that the Steelers' defense is going to be fine. I don't think this is a – I hope it's not a trend. Although, you know, you see that the trends are developing. I think the Steelers' defense put together a really good performance uh, on Sunday at Heinz Field, their first win at home, like I mentioned at at the start of the show. I think they'll be fine. So the offense is getting better. The defense is pretty much treading water. You hope they get healthy. Maybe they can get someone like Stefan Tuitt back after the bye week. That would be phenomenal. Would really help this defense in a lot of ways. And then even the special teams. You know, we'll talk about the special teams more specifically and winners and losers. But even they got in on it. Chris Boswell, Presley Harvin, great games. 
Great games, and they needed it. They needed it. it. This was a tale of two halves, different than what we're used to. We're used to seeing the Steelers' offense come out and look sluggish, the Steelers' offense come out and struggling, and then eventually making enough plays to win. What we saw on Sunday was the Steelers' offense come out guns a-blazing again. Second straight game, they scored an opening drive touchdown, both to Deontay Johnson, very similar plays and routes run, but they get an early lead, and then the the, the defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense could not have asked for a better start from the offense. They, they couldn't have. They were basically spectators on the sideline as the Steelers just dominated time possession. Second half, totally different. It almost felt like the Steelers' defense went into halftime and said, let's just keep doing what we're doing, guys. We got them. Well, if, well the Broncos are going to make adjustments, and they did. And unfortunately, the Steelers were slow to make adjustments, and it came down to the wire. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater throws an interception at the very end of the game, clinching interception by James Pierre, which I've watched that play several times. I don't know who the heck he was throwing that football to, but good for James Pierre. He almost had an interception a few plays earlier that would have clinched it. It was good to see him make up for getting burnt and also missing that interception, so kudos for him. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they win a game. They're 2-3. and three. We have a lot of time to talk about what's coming up with the Seattle Seahawks, who's in, who's out, and all that stuff. Don't want to get into that. What I do want to get into are winners and losers. Believe it or not, nine winners and two losers in this game, and we're going to dive into all of that right after this break. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, here, and it is time. It is time, and I'm really excited. I hope you can tell it in my voice because the Steelers finally won. It's been really disappointing. It's been really deflating when all of a sudden you are, you know, you're watching the Steelers team and they look like they're close and they couple misplays here or there they they lose a three-game losing streak going over two winners and ten losers or seven losers is not fun when well, now we flip the script the Steelers offense did the same thing they told all the critics out there for at least a week to shut up and so here we go nine winners and two losers you know the drill if you've been a listener and you're part of my ride or die crew here we go winners first the top winner in my opinion Steelers.com by the way gave the the, the digest player of the week to Ben Roethlisberger Uh Uh-uh, not to me. Top winner, Najee Harris. And I found out that Najee Harris' middle name is Jerome. We did this during the post-game pod. Think about that. Najee Jerome Harris. Think about the legendary Steeler running backs, Jerome Bettis, Franco Harris, Najee Harris. Holy cow, this guy was built and born to be a Steeler. I digress. Listen to this stat line. 23 carries, 122 yards, a 5.3-yard average, and one touchdown with a 20-yard-long run. But wait, there's more. Two receptions for 20 yards on five targets. This stat line is crazy in and of itself. A great game. Najee Harris' first time going over 100 yards. It was the first time the Steelers had a 100-yard rusher since almost a calendar year ago when James Conner did it versus Cleveland in October last season. That's how long it's been since the Steelers had a 100-yard rusher. But Najee Harris also did this, folks, by not playing probably the last five to six minutes of the game. He suffered from cramps in his calves. He said 
after the after the game on his post game uh, post game conference said he could hardly walk on the sideline. He tried to give it a go, just wasn't working, and so cramping up real bad in his calf. And Benny Snell had to come in. Najee Harris showed everyone exactly why the Steelers took him twenty fourth overall. And it's because if you get even a semblance of an offensive line, he's going to make plays. A tremendous, tremendous game from Najee Harris. Kudos to him. He deserves it. He worked hard for it. And just tremendous. Top winner. Absolutely. The next, Ben Roethlisberger. After one week from loser to winner, Ben Roethlisberger stat line 15 of 25. 253 yards. A 10.1 yard average. Two touchdowns. No interceptions. And a 120.9 rating. Some key numbers here from Roethlisberger stat line. Number one. 25 attempts. Keep Roethlisberger under 30. Yeah, I said this on the postgame show, and I'll say it here as well. What the stat line needs to look like for Roethlisberger is eerily similar to what it looked like early in his career. And that was, get the running game going. You think about the bust. Back when Jerome Bettis was running the ball, they wanted to get Bettis at least 20 to 25 carries, limit Roethlisberger's throws, and then have him be efficient. Just don't turn it over. So here we go. That's what it should look like. 15 of 25. Yep. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yep. An average of 10.1 yards. Yes. 253 total yards. Still had a great day. Great game by Roethlisberger. And there's going to be the skeptics. There's going to be the haters out there that say, well, but Ben, he should have been picked off a couple times. But he wasn't. But he wasn't. I mean, think about what you're saying, people. Yeah, did he did he get away with some throws? Sure. So did Teddy Bridgewater. And give me a break. Every quarterback has it every week. So I was hating on Ben last week because he played like dog poop. He did play like dog poop. Played much better today. Or I'm sorry, on Sunday. Good game by Big Ben. Deserves to be on the winner's list. Next, Chase Claypool. Next winner. Listen to this stat line. Five catches on six targets. 130 yards. A touchdown with a 59-yard long. Can Chase Claypool just play against Denver every week? Because he lights that team up whenever he plays them. As a rookie, he remember he lit them up, had a big game, scored a touchdown against them last season. Chase Claypool, when Juju Smith-Schuster left the game with a shoulder injury, a shoulder injury that required him to go to the hospital to have it evaluated, Chase Claypool stepped up. When Chase Claypool's the number one receiver, this team is dangerous. Because when Chase Claypool's that guy, Deontay Johnson has a lot of single coverage. And so this might be a situation. I'm not going to go out on a huge limb here. And I don't want people to take this the wrong way. But this might be a situation to me where it's kind of addition by subtraction. So if Juju's not out there, and I hope that he's not too bad, badly hurt, and I hope that he's able to come back and have a great season, and I hope that in free agency he lands wherever he lands. Maybe it's back in Pittsburgh. Maybe it's somewhere else. I hope that he gets what he deserves. But what I'm saying is that for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, what if – Juju Smith-Schuster not being on the field and Ben not feeling as if he has to get him the ball and he can see Chase Claypool out there dominating and Deontay Johnson and James Washington is now going to be a bigger part of this offense once he gets back from his groin injury. Maybe just maybe this offense will be just fine. Addition by subtraction. I don't know, but Chase Claypool had a great game, deserves to be on the winner's list. Next, offensive line. The entire offensive line. Stat line. 147 yards on 35 carries for 4.2-yard average on the ground. 
253 yards passing. They surrendered one sack of Roethlisberger, which did cause a fumble. Ben held onto the ball a little too long. And only two quarterback hits. They are trending in the right direction. I talked about them a lot at the opening. I don't want to beat a dead horse here, although we haven't had this good dead horse to beat in really ever this season, to be honest with you. And so here you have only given up a sack, only two quarterback hits. Roethlisberger has to feel good about the way this offensive line is trending. So kudos to the offensive line. They've been catching a lot of flack. And I said it on Friday, and I'll say it again. Players always say, we don't listen to the radio or the TV, and we don't read articles. That's It's so much BS that it's it's disgusting. It's thick. Oh, my gosh. Every single player, Ben Roethlisberger, Najee Harris, Kendra Green, they all talked about it. Well, you know, you all, everyone was hating on him. How would you know if you don't read the articles or if you don't listen to the podcast or listen to the TV or the radio? How would you know? Well, exactly. The offensive line responded. They did what I wanted them to do. I don't want to hear it. Show me. Go out and prove it. And they did just that. Offensive line definitely deserves to be on the winner's list. Next, let's go to James Pierre. His stat line, six total tackles, six solo, two pass defenses. He had the interception, and he had the tackle of Javante Williams that saved them a touchdown. Now, they did end up kicking a field goal. It was a crazy sequence in case you missed the game. James Pierre, who is very fast, caught Javante Williams from behind, takes him down around the five-yard line, four-yard line. Javante Williams gets up and spikes the football. He's excited. He spikes the ball out of the end zone. Well, you're not in the end zone, so therefore you're basically removing the ball from the game of play. Gets flagged for a delay of game. Next play, Devin Bush up the middle, sack of uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I think they lost 12 yards on that play, and all of a sudden they're moving in the wrong direction. They have to settle for a field goal. That is basically four points. You think about it. If, if he doesn't catch him, Javante Williams scores the touchdown, and then that takes you know the three points, obviously, are given with the field goal. I just thought that James Pierre played a great game, and I know he got burnt. And there's going to be the haters that say, Jeff, he got burnt so bad. This guy stinks. He's a young player. This guy went undrafted. And I'm sorry. I'm rooting hard for the guy. I'm rooting hard. I rooted the same way for Mike Hilton when Mike Hilton was discarded by teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New England Patriots. And the Pittsburgh Steelers pick him up, and they say, we're going to have a role for you because we we can't keep you off the field. Now, I don't think James Pierce at that point yet, but my goodness, he's showing some resolve. A lot of players, we've seen it with Artie Burns, We've seen it with Justin Lane. We've seen it with other players with much higher pedigree. They give up a big play, and they shut down. James Pierre did not. Gave up the big play, comes up with a game-clinching interception. Good for James Pierre. You're on the winner's list. I'm sure he's listening. (laughs) Okay, next winner, Deontay Johnson. Here's a crazy stat line in a lot of ways. Two receptions, 72 yards, one touchdown, a 50-yard long. Here's the crazy part. Two targets. You heard that right. Deontay Johnson was targeted two times. Two times in this game. This is a guy that was targeted 13 not too long ago, was targeted twice. 72 yards and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson is a game changer, even if he only gets two catches. He's he's a weird He's a weird guy to watch. He doesn't Everyone says, "Oh, he looks like Antonio." No, he doesn't. He doesn't look like Antonio Brown. What, what are you watching? We're watching a different game. He does not look like Antonio Brown. 
I, I, it's hard for me to describe what he looks like. Deontay Johnson's his own unique beast. He's very tough to bring down in the open field. He's shown great hands so far this season. The drops seem to be a thing of the past. Deontay Johnson looks every bit the part of a dynamic playmaker that we all thought he was. Deontay Johnson, two catches, two targets, 72 yards, one touchdown, 50 yard long. The big play again on the opening drive for a touchdown. I'll take that every single game. Next winner, Minka Fitzpatrick, stat line. 10 total tackles led the led the Steelers in tackles this week. He had five solo and one tackle for loss. You know, the funny thing is, is that Minka Fitzpatrick, there's a lot of fans out there saying, where's Minka? Or where's he been? He's not making the splash plays. You know, he is. He's just not doing it the way that we saw him early in his Steelers tenure. So Minka Fitzpatrick is number one. And let's let's be honest. If you're watching the games, Minka Fitzpatrick is taking more chances. He's taking more risks. And that's really important to note. He's taking more risks. And what that means is that when you take risks, you're going to get burned on occasion. And everyone thinks back at Troy Palabalu with these rose-colored glasses. Troy took risks, and he did get burned from time to time. He did. And that's just it was the style of play that they had that he had. Minka Fitzpatrick this season is taking more risks. He is, I feel like at times, trying to cover up from other players' potential deficiencies. This game, the plays that he made were tackling. Tackling. He made some great open field tackles. The tackle for loss was big. But just really being a force. I haven't seen Minka Fitzpatrick be a force in the secondary. Someone where if all of a sudden you catch the ball around him, you know you're going to get popped. I haven't seen that Minka yet. Saw it on Sunday. Guess what? Loved it. Loved it. I had said that as a key of mine on Friday as I wanted the Steelers to kind of bring the pain. They did that, and Minka Fitzpatrick, believe it or not, was the guy that led the charge. So Minka Fitzpatrick, he might not be having the interceptions just yet. I think they'll come. But in the meantime, he is making plays. Deserves to be on the winner's list. Third down offense is the next winner. Finally, finally, for those that have been listening to my Winners and Losers podcast every single week, I have had this crap of a unit in every single losers list for the last four weeks. And then finally in week five, they make their way on the other side of the fence to the winner side. Third down offense finished seven for 12. Great job on third downs. They were very efficient. And sometimes you notice if 12 third down attempts, uh, you think about how long they had the football. They could have had even more, even more, but they were really, really efficient running the football. It created manageable down and distances. I, I'll, what does it take for third down offense to be in the winner's column? Over 500. Over 500. That's all it takes. 7 for 12. You did it. You did it, third down offense. Good job. You can do it. You did it. Now I expect you to do it every week. Just think about that. Okay, last winner, special teams battery. If anyone knows about baseball, a battery is the pitcher and catcher. That's your battery. So in this case, we're talking about Chris Boswell and Presley Harvin. So Chris Boswell, he finished two for two for field goals, and he'll hit a long of 48. No, no. His long was 51. That play was negated due, a per, due to a personal foul by Denver. Uh, and so, But that's a 51-yarder he nailed. It looked like he had plenty of leg. Remember, he made, made a 52-yarder the last time he was at Heinz Field kicking. Good job by Chris Boswell. Three for three from extra points. He seems to be really dialed in. Presley Harvin, my boy Big Press. Got to be honest, I'd been kind of disappointed in Big Press. Uh, it's a situation where... It, it doesn't help when all these all these people, my listeners on Twitter, are sending me all this stuff. Oh, did you see Jordan Berry is like seventh and net punting? I was like, 
God, I don't need to see this, all right? I've press, Big Press is my guy. So there was a situation where the Steelers' offense went three and out. They're deep in their own territory, and I even tweeted this, and I said, really need a big punt here. This is why you get the big leg kicker. You need a big punt here. You need to really flip the field. What does Big Press do? He does what Big Press does. 62-yard long, finishes with only two punts on the game which speaks to the offense he only needs to punt the ball twice you're having a good day 59 and at and 59 and a half yard average that's it it's a great average great game both special teams players and by the way harvin's doing a great job holding that seems to be a thing of the past they look like they're great let's go to the losers list there's only two there's only two i gotta say fourth down defense on the final drive they gave up <laughs> three straight fourth down conversions i mean i know you're in prevent I know it, and I know you're giving up the underneath and the time. They didn't have any timeouts, and after the two-minute warning, you're trying to kill the clock. I understand all of that. But my gosh, sometimes you just have to make a stop. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers, you don't always have to give me a heart attack. You really don't. My my five kids do that enough every single day, okay? And my job as a teacher, they do that enough as it is. I don't need it from you all either. I swear, this team's going to kill me one day, just not yet. Not yet. So three for four, fourth down defense can be better. And lastly, something I mentioned in the first half is the big play defense. I mean, the big play defense, come on. Can we not have another game giving up the big play? And it wasn't just Sutton. I mean, Cortland Sutton, listen to his stat line. Seven catches on 11 targets for 120 yards in a touchdown, 39-yard long. And then Javante Williams runs eight, has eight carries for 61 yards. He had that 49-yard long run. Now, if it weren't for James Pierre... That would have been a touchdown, but still, those are big plays. I want to see the Steelers' defense eliminate the big play. If a team is going to you know, matriculate their way down the field, as John Madden used to say, then let them do it. Let them do it, but the one thing I want to see get eliminated from that defensive repertoire is the tendency and the propensity to give up that big play. Don't like it, and that's it. So let's recap real quick. My winners and losers. My nine winners were Najee Harris. Ben Roethlisberger, Chase Claypool, the offensive line, James Pierre, Deontay Johnson, Minka Fitzpatrick, the third down offense, and the special teams battery. The losers, the fourth down defense, and the big play defense. There you have it. My winners and losers for the Steelers' 27-19 to win over the Denver Broncos in Week 5. So where do we go from here? Where do we do? I kind of forget. I know what we do. You get ready for the mailbag on Wednesday. On Tuesday... You will hear me, or not hear me, you'll see me on Twitter at Jay Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Put out a tweet saying, all right, Steeler fans, you know what to do. Send me those questions, and that's when you'll see the Shooter McGavin gif, and you just put your question. If you ask me a question and it's not underneath that tweet, I am not answering it. I just want to be honest. When I have my, when I do that show, I don't look at the questions. When I like it, you know I've seen it, and I will just literally bring up the questions, and I scroll down underneath that tweet and read each one. If you're asking me some, if you're DMing me, if you're emailing me, if you're just tweeting at me, I'm not going to answer it. I'm not going to do it. So follow the rules, Ride or Die crew. You know it. You all have been great. I love my listeners. I love the Steelers. And if you're giving up on this team, don't even listen anymore. Gosh, I hate it. People are like, oh, now they won. Now they're going to have a worse draft pick. Come on, people. Let's go. Let's have some confidence. Let's have some hope. Two for three. Two and two and three. Not two for three. Two and three. 
Big game coming up against Seattle. Get ready. I'm stoked. You should be stoked. As we always finish it out here, folks, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Victory Monday. Here we go. We'll see you on Wednesday. Turn